There's always ups and downs. There's always pivots. There's always moments of doubt mm -hmm. and fear that you're not going to make it, that it's not going to be successful. Well, hey, 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 what's up, everyone? Welcome to the Rock Your Brand Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Boker, a serial entrepreneur on a mission to help you. This show is designed to teach you, to inspire you, to motivate you, to take massive action and build a future-proof business. So whether you're just starting out or taking your existing business to the next level, this is your home. Now, if you're ready, I'm ready. Let's rock your brand. Welcome back, guys, to the podcast. This is episode 837, and you might be asking yourself, well, if you're watching this, if you're not, you don't see me doing it. I am holding these two books, The Energy Bus and The Carpenter, and they are written by an amazing guy by the name of John Gordon. And today I have the privilege, the honor to have him on the podcast. And you're about to listen to this interview. But let me just tell you this. If you think that someone that has a book that has sold 2 million copies had it easy, well, you'd be wrong. Because there's a lot of obstacles, a lot of no's, 30 no's on this book before he got a yes. What if he stopped? What if he never kept asking? Well, he wouldn't have changed that many people's lives. We're talking sports teams. We're talking high-level companies have now hired him from this right here that was declined, that was denied by over 30 publishers, all right? Now, the other thing I want you to be aware of here is John is not going to just tell you everything that worked because there's some things that didn't work, not just in the beginning, but also recently. He's going to tell us about a recent product that they launched that, uh, well, it was a complete failure in his words. And also how he's dealing with his business right now, his brand is built off of speaking. And really a lot of his revenue comes in that way. And, you know, different types of training. He teaches leaders how to lead. Well, those are all kind of not happening right now, as we all know, right? So how does he adjust? How does he get through the mental trash? Which, by the way, he admits he's still got mental trash, right? He's got to figure that stuff out, and he reads his own books, all right? So I am going to stop talking now. I am fired up because I just got done with the interview, and I'm recording this intro that will lead you into this, this interview that I did with him. But I want you to take note at not just the wins, but the failures. I also want you to take note at why positivity, if you focus on positivity, it will turn into your own great life and positivity in your own life and family. All right, so guys, I'm gonna stop talking, like I said, so you can enjoy this interview that I did with John Gordon. Well, hey, John, welcome to the podcast, man. So happy to have you on. I've read your your books, at least a couple of them. And uh, man, it's an honor to have you on the podcast. How you doing, man? Doing good, Scott. Thanks for having me on. You know, we're in the middle of uh, the whole pandemic thing, but uh, I am staying positive through it all and helping others do the same. That's my goal. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a, a great time to actually have you on because I think there's a lot of people that are struggling with whatever this has dealt them. I think everyone is, is being dealt something different. It could be your job. It could be your business. It could be just life. In, in general, right? But I think it's great to have you on because to me, you are like 
the king of positive, if you will. <laughs> I'm serious, dude. I mean, it's like uh, everything that I see that you touch and I'm sitting next to the books that I own from you and it's, it is all of that positivity. And I just literally wrapped up reading The Carpenter and um, I, I actually listened to it and then I, I, actually, I always buy the books as well because I like them as a place. I can just go and, and kind of go through it, but I'm more of an audio guy. And I listened to your book and uh, it was very, very good. So welcome to the show, but let, let's just kind of get people caught up. If they don't know who John Gordon is, give us a little glimpse. And then what I want to do is I want to dig into um, some of these components and then also how you even arrived to where you are. I mean, I think we could do both by answering the question of, you know, am I Mr. Positive? And the answer is no. When you said I'm the king of positivity, <laughs> it made me laugh because I am not naturally positive. People think wow. I am because of the books that I write and so forth, but right. I'm naturally a pessimistic optimist. And so I go towards the negative at first, and then I have to work really hard at, at, at staying positive. But then I find this eternal ray of hope, this optimism, this faith, this belief that somehow, some way, we're going to make it through this. And that's something that has developed in me over the years. But I grew up in Long Island, New York, Jewish, Italian family, a lot of food, a lot of guilt. My dad was a New York City police officer undercover narcotics. So wow. not a very positive guy, very loving dad, but just very negative. Like the world is out to get you. And so I grew up with that kind of mindset and I had to learn to be positive. And what happened was my wife came up to me when I was around 30 years old. We had two small children and she said, I love you, but I'm not going to spend my life with someone who makes me so miserable. You need to change. Wow. And that was a huge wake up call because I loved my wife. I wanted to stay married. The dot-com crash had happened. I had lost my job no insurance for the kids, didn't know how I was going to pay the bills. And I was so full of fear and stress in many ways, how people are feeling right now. And that was a, a huge time for me. And I failed that test. I know that I did not do well during that time. Fearful, stressed, anxious, tons of anxiety, but somehow, some way that's where my faith was born. That's where I found some belief and hope to move forward. That's where I started to research ways I could be more positive. That's when I asked, what am I born to do? Why am I here? Writing and speaking came to me during that time. So out of the worst event in my life, right, it led to one of the best in which I get to do now, being here with you, being able to share this message, being able to write these books. And I know that positivity was my life's work. It was my calling. I didn't choose it. It chose me. And I think I'm a good teacher of it because I am naturally negative. So people really connect with me and relate to it because I'm not someone who's like, hey, just be positive. No, I know how hard it is. I know this is not about Pollyanna. This is not about seeing the world through rose-colored glasses. This is knowing that you have the power to overcome the thorns. This is knowing that optimistic people are the ones who create the future. Like, let's face it, pessimists do not change the world. <laughs> they say or say you can't do it, right? They're always saying you can't. Complainers are always complaining about problems. Critics mm. write words, but they don't write the future throughout history. Think about it. Mm. Positive leaders, believers, dreamers, doers who take action. I know you like that. Who take oh, yeah. action. You're all about taking action, right? That's mm -hmm. what it's all about. Like in The Carpenter, I talked about building with optimism. Mm -hmm. I talked about how to build great success. And these principles are timeless, right? They're not my principles. They're timeless principles on how we can use them. So I start to actually live those principles, do those things. And then it led me to just start writing and speaking. First, very small. I did 80 free talks. Anyone mm -hmm. who would listen. I just would mm -hmm. go out there and start doing it. When I wrote The Energy Bus, rejected by over 30 publishers. So I had to wow. go through that challenge and that battle. Yeah. 
Think about it. It sold 2 million copies now worldwide and yet mm -hmm. rejected by over 30 publishers. Didn't become a bestseller for five years. I went on a book tour, paid for myself. My publisher would even pay for it. I went from city to city sharing the message in the book. You know, five people in one city, 10 people in another, 20 people in another. The most people we had were 100 people in Des Moines, Iowa. They thought Jeff Gordon was coming. That's why they showed up. <laughs> and, Scott, that's not a joke. That's actually a true story. And I remember I got home. I didn't know my future held, but I knew I had this vision. And here, here's what it was. And then I'll, I'll be quiet. But it was to encourage and inspire as many people as possible, one person at a time. So that's what was driving me even back then. And it drives me now when this whole coronavirus hit. Mm. At first, my business started to, to just go down big time. All the events mm. were canceled. Mm. All the money that was supposed to be coming in was not coming in. Still got to pay my team. Still got to pay my employees. It was a scary time at first. But then I went back to the original days of, hey, you know what it's like to hustle. You know what it's like cool. to, to get out there mm. and do the work. You started this with the vision and mission. Just do that. So I've been doing it every day. Tons of Zooms. So much so I got Zoom butt right now. <laughs> I don't know if the doctors have, uh, have, have you know, diagnosed that yet or what they're, what they're calling it. It's but coming. We're, call, we're calling it. Kate Lavelle, actually, I got to give her credit. She's on my team. She's our workshop leader. She yeah. calls it Zoom butt. I'm like, that is so good. I got to start sharing that. <laughs> and, and, and so I got that right now. But I'm doing so many Zooms. So think about it. Maybe the goals for my business have changed, but the vision has remained the same. To continue mm. to reach people and inspire people, encourage people, and now just finding this way to do it. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad that you shared even like, even currently, like I've thought a lot about that. Last year we did our first ever live event with 250 people and it was a big undertaking for us. It was the biggest yes. thing we've ever done. And it was amazing. It was scary and we did it. And then this year we're like, we're going to do it again. And then we booked it and we got it all lined up. And then this happened. And then, then you're like, oh my gosh, like I'm gonna have to pay all these penalty fees to the hotel and uh, 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 you know, you know, and, and so you go through all of this stuff. So a lot of people look at you, they'll look at me, they'll look at someone that appears to be successful to them and they feel like they never have those struggles anymore. They never have those obstacles anymore. And I'm just so glad that you shared that, that, you know what, there's actually something just right now that's happening to you because you speak and you, know, you get paid to speak and there's things that are driving your business that are not able to happen right now. And I have a team I have to support and yeah. pay to keep them going. And I did not take the PPP money. I could have applied for it. Mm. My accountant said to apply. My wife and I were going to. And I had this overwhelming, strong feeling and conviction that people needed it more than me. And that I couldn't. And I don't want to meddle or anything. I just knew I couldn't take it. Mm. And so we didn't apply for it. So it's, it's real. It's difficult, yeah. right? And, yeah. and I wasn't sure any events were going to book. But you know what's funny? I deployed the principles that I've been, but that I've, I've been teaching all these years. At first, mm -hmm. at first, my wife will tell you, went really negative, pessimistic. Then I'm like, is this going to help me get through this time? Mm -hmm. Is this going to help me get through others? Come on, John, read your own book. Let's go. <laughs> and so I then started to focus on winning the day. My motto was win the day. Don't worry about tomorrow. Just win today. Reach others, connect with others, impact others. Did a, I'm doing three or four Zooms a day now. My voice is shot. I got to take a break. Mm -hmm. in, in June, I've been doing so many, but I've been trying to do as many, as many as possible. And win the day, then win the next day, then win the day after that. And if we win each day, we're going to create the future. Mm -hmm. And so we did an online virtual leadership event. We had, like you, we had a number of events lined up, trainings and so forth. And we had to cancel a few, but then we did a virtual one this month. Mm -hmm. 150 people signed up for the virtual Beautiful. live event. We adapted. We stayed positive. We innovated. Within a month, we had a new program. 
and that allowed us to move forward. So I want people to know we face real challenges. We face real concerns. We were stressed about this. Are we going to have people do the virtual? What's it like? You know, what happens if people don't have money to be able to sign up for it? Should we do it right now? Does it look like we're trying to, you know, capitalize or, or help? And, and, and our big goal was, no, we teach leadership. We teach positive leadership. Like we got, we got to, we got to get out there and do this right now and, and make mm. a difference and help. And sure enough, those 150 people were helped and loved it and it, were impacted by it. We lowered the fee a lot. So we made it a lot cheaper than the live event. So that's going to be part of our model going forward. But mm -hmm. yeah, to, to deal with real challenges, real issues, told both my kids, guys, they're 22 and 20. Get to work. You need to make your money right now. Like, mm -hmm. you know, dad's got no money coming in. Let's go start yep. working. Yep. I want them to understand what it's like to have to support themselves. My son started selling stuff online on Macari. He started using that, selling stuff online, made about five, $600 doing that. My daughter has been doing Postmates, delivering food, right? I want them to have to, to struggle through it. Could I still support them? Yes. I mean, I don't want to act like I'm a, a poverty case. I've had money saved up. Right. But, but it's not like you have to want to, to, to use that for your future, to use it now, right? But right. I would if I had to. But the mm. point was, I knew that this situation right now and the operating cash flow was in dire straits to run a business. And then mm. at the time, when we first heard the news, you don't know how long it's going to last. How mm. long is speaking not going to happen? How long until we have events? There's a, there's a lot of uncertainty. Some people were saying a year, two years. So then you're going, oh, wow, what about that? So again, you have all these thoughts run through your head. You have all the fears and all the doubts. But then at that point, you have to overcome. You have to overcome with optimism, with belief. You got to focus on what matters most. You got to encourage yourself every day. You got to encourage others. You got to trust. I'm a big believer in just trusting. I'm a faithful person. I've learned to trust in God. That has carried me through so many challenging times in my life. Starting when I lost my job in the dot-com crash, that's when I found my faith. It was actually during that time. So that's helped me and prepared me for this moment. I am so much stronger now for this moment to help others. And, um, you know, again, I'm just thankful that I get to do what I do. And I know you, me, and others going through this. We're going to get through it. I know that mm. the people listening, this too shall pass. I know that, that you stay positive. You continue to work hard. You look for opportunities. You win the day. And great things are going to come your way. I'm telling you, there's going to be so much great success in the future. It doesn't look like that now. And that's the mm. thing. It never looked. I'm sure during the uh, Spanish flu, it looked like things were hopeless. And people mm. got out of it. During the Great Depression, that's when the Golden Gate Bridge and the Empire State Building were built during that. During the Great Recession, it looked hopeless at many times. And mm. so those who stay optimistic and faithful are the ones who will create success in the future. And I just want to say this. What you believe right now will determine what you create. And it's really important that people really focus on believing 100%. in positive things. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, man. No, I, I love all of it. And uh, it, it's... It's so valuable just to hear that, not just from you, but just from others. And I think that's the other thing. It's like, you, you, need, to, you need to put that in, right? It's like, I, and I think you had mentioned it in one of your books, but it's just kind of like what you feed your, you know, your brain, kind of like the angry dog. It's kind of like you're, you are going to either, that is going to win, right? Or you're going to win whatever you're going to focus on. And I, I totally believe in that. And it's not woo-woo-y stuff. It's just like, it just it, common sense says, listen, if I focus on this a lot, it, this is going to happen. And if I focus on this, it's going to happen better because I've got more of a chance, right? Yeah. We, um, it, it, you know, we, we have two dogs inside of us. We have the negative yep. dog and the positive dog. Yeah. And whichever one you feed, that's what grows. So we have to feed the positive dog. Yeah. The best advice I ever heard is from Dr. James Gills, only person on the planet 
to complete six double Ironman triathlons. That's a double mm. Ironman. And the last time he did it, he was 59 years old. And he was asked how he did it. He said, I've learned to talk to myself instead of listen to myself. Mm. So we listen to self, we all the fear, the doubt, the negativity, and the complaints. We talk to ourselves. We can feed ourselves with the words and the encouragement that we need to keep on moving forward. Not woo-woo, but what you feed each day is what will grow. And if you don't have it, you can't share it. So being mm. positive doesn't just make you better, it makes everyone around you better. True. And I know this. Being positive won't guarantee you'll succeed, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. But being negative will guarantee you won't. <laughs> exactly. And yeah. so we give ourselves the best chance when we are mm. optimistic and positive. We still have to be smart. We still have to have talent, right? It's not about, oh, I'm just positive. I work with a lot of professional sports teams. It's like, okay, you may be positive, but you don't have talent. You're not a professional athlete. <laughs> you can just cheer the team on from the sidelines, but you're not right. going to play much. So you got to have both, right? But right. all the people I've worked with and all the great, Dabo Sweeney of Clemson, his optimism is a competitive advantage. I work with the Rams, right? Sean McVay, optimistic, positive coach. Mm. That's a competitive advantage. Miami Heat, Eric Spolstra, such a great leader, a positive guy. That helps him get through the challenging times. You see it over and over again with the great teams and the great leaders. Yeah, no, it's, that's awesome. Uh, okay, so let me ask you this, because there is something that I believe, uh, just even looking back at my own re- you know, track record, I'm sure you have it as well. And I like to ask all of my guests that come on, uh, really, like there are, mo- I, I believe there's moments, and like one of those moments was in the dot-com crash for you. That was probably one of those moments you're like, if that never happened, I never would have did this. And you might not be sitting here talking to me. You might not have written all those books. Who knows? Never would have happened. Is there another moment that you're just like, you always kind of like, if that never happened, that, that one take action moment is what I call it. There's one take action moment that you did. It could have been a phone call. It could have been whatever that changed your direction or pivoted you to a direction open the door, whatever. Is there anything that comes to mind for you that you can just put a finger on like right away? Oh, big time. I mean, it's the energy bus. I was walking Mm. one day and the idea came to me and I went to my home office, never wrote a fable before. And I wrote it in three and a half weeks. Every day I got up, every day I got up, I wrote, I would take a walk. I would practice gratitude. Thank you walks. You can't be stressed and thankful at the same time. I had a lot Mm. of stress during that time. I would pray. I'd come back. I'd write some more. And then I'd take a break. At night, I would edit what I wrote. And I started to make some changes and some, some, get some new ideas. Next morning, do it again. Did that every day for three and a half weeks. Wrote the book. Didn't have a publisher. Just wrote the book. And mm-hmm. then said, let's send it out. Let's try to find a publisher. Found an agent. Sent it out to publishers. 30 rejections. But if I don't write that book, if I don't take action every day, mm-hmm. I'm not living the life that I live. I'm not doing the work that I do. Jack Del Rio read it in 2007, gave it to the Jaguars. They all read it. I spoke to the team. Next thing wow. you know, Mike, Mike Smith becomes the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. He was a defensive coordinator for the Jaguars that year. He wow. brings me to the Falcons. I work with them. Matt Ryan is a rookie at the time. Then I go work with the Texas Longhorns the year Colt McCoy is a senior there. Then all of a sudden, all the coaches start hearing about it, reading it. Then next thing you know, it starts spreading. Mm-hmm. I go on that tour, all these different um, – Businesses and schools start using it. Very small at first, right? Very, very few adopters, but then it just starts to spread. And that book changed my life because everyone started reading it, started bringing me into the speak of their companies. And mm. I've written 21 other books since. But mm. if I don't write that book and take action on that and mm-hmm. go on that tour and just say, I'm going on a tour. Like I'm just doing it. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm going. I didn't have it all planned out. 
We literally showed up in some cities and had nothing planned. And next thing you know, I'd get on a radio show and a local TV show. I, it was like the most fun, random, spontaneous, crazy time. But we were fearless. I was young. My wife was supportive. She said, go for it. And I went for it. So if I didn't take action, I'm not doing the work I do today. And I meet so many people, right? They want success and they want it now, but they're not willing to do all the things that it takes to get there. And that's the thing. I was willing to do anything and everything to get there and still am. Like, mm. I'm still humble and hungry. I'm still thinking like a rookie right now. Still mm. showing up, doing the work. I don't think I've arrived. I'm still building. I'm still growing. And that's the way I'm approaching life. And I find those that are really successful, that have been through the grind, that had to really work for something, they have a distinct character and humility that continues to drive them to make them even want to get better. They're lifelong learners and they never think they've arrived. I think Tom Brady, you look at him, he has it. You look at, you know, Drew Brees, he has it. You just see it in, in certain people um, mm. that they, they just want to be their best. And they want to grow and they're never, they're never, they're never just settled with who they are. They want to, they're, they're not they, satisfied. No. Yeah. They're, they, they're thankful for their life, but they, they always just want to get better and, and make, make a, a greater difference. Yeah. So the one thing that you mentioned there that I don't want to, I don't want to gloss over is the 30 no's, right? Yeah. So how do you get through the 30 no's? Cause see what we deal with, like I have people that listen, they're, they're stuck in their job. They want to get out. They want to build an online business. And I always tell people like, listen, the business you're building now probably won't be the business you're going to build in five years or 10 years, right? It's you're, you're building the skill set. You're, you know, you're, you're creating your, your craftsmanship, as you would say in the carpenter, right? You're building that over time but they get frustrated because they might say, oh, I want to start, you know, doing something around my passion. I start publishing some videos on YouTube, but it doesn't take, I don't get viewers and I just give up. Like that's kind of how it looks, right? So you're doing this, you're getting, you're getting 30 and you don't even know where that's going to lead to, right? You're like, yeah, I may get a book deal and I don't even know what that looks like. So how do you push through when you get that many no's? It's a great question. You just do the work. You just show up and you do the work. Like I wrote in, in um, The Carpenter, also The Power of Positive Leadership. You do the work. You don't let praise go to your head. You don't let it critics in your head. You mm -hmm. just continue to do the work. And you can't worry about what your market looks like now or what, um, what kind of response you're getting mm -hmm. because you just got to start doing the work and putting it out there. Now, after a year or two, and if you're not getting any response, well, then you got to evaluate. Maybe you're not publishing it the right way. Maybe you got to work on your content or the quality mm -hmm. of it. That might be a thing. But at the same time, you can't expect immediate success. So I meet mm. people all the time. They keep on putting it out there. They keep sharing it. And you can see it start to grow. Like for me, it wasn't overnight. It happened over time. Mm. And that's the thing. I think people want instant success so they don't get the feedback right away. But if you love doing it, that's what I want to get back to. I think if you love it, you'll continue mm. to work to be great at it. To be a craftsman, you have to love what you do. Mm. Pavarotti was asked about his incredible discipline. And he said, everyone thinks it's discipline, but it's devotion. Mm. His devotion is what drove his discipline. Mm -hmm. So if you don't love it, you're not going to be disciplined. But if you love it, discipline is easy. For me, mm. I love my wife. Discipline is easy. So mm. if you really love something, you'll be devoted and have discipline with it. So I, I really think for those people, focus on the craft, focus on the work, focus on getting better, and just say to yourself, where do I want to be like 10 years from now? Mm -hmm. And no, you're not going to get there immediately. That's what I did with speaking. Like, it may take me 10 years to make it, I said to myself, but I'm going to get there, I get out there and start doing it. So I gave 80 free talks. Anyone who would listen, I just spoke. My wife's like, you weren't even good, I, and, but you just did it, you know? <laughs> and it's true, I wasn't good, but I just did it. I got better. 
Mm-hmm. And I didn't get always a great response early on. And that's the thing. You just got to go do it and do the work. And if you love the process, you'll love what the process produces. Mm-hmm. And I think too often people want the outcome, but they're not focused on loving the process. So for me, mm-hmm. that's the key. Love the process, have a vision of what you want to create, the greatness you want to build, and then start building it every day. And don't mm-hmm. give up when you don't get a response. Continue to build. If you can add one person a day, another person a day, another person a day, you keep doing that. And over time, you're going to have more and more people on your energy bus as you move forward. I, I love it. Yeah. It, it's funny because after I read that book, I only read the one. And at the time, that's all I really knew that you read, even though you have them all posted in the back of your book. But, you know, I'm like, it was, you know, it was fantastic. And I always recommend that to people that are either negative or have negativity surrounding them because it, it really, it's a great way that you share it. And even in the carpenter, how you take uh, a character or characters and then you frame it versus you just saying like, this is what you have to do because I have this experience. You know what I mean? So I, I learn best that way and it just makes it more engaging. Um, so, okay. So let me ask you this though, because again, you know, you, you're, you're like one of them too. And I'm a lot like that too. It's like, I'm just going to do it. And, you know, we'll let the rest figure it out. But it's hard in the beginning because like for you, like it's got to produce some cash, right? Like you got to pay the bills, man, right? Like, so if you don't get a book deal, so what are you doing in the meantime to kind of help that part of it? Because a lot of people are starting their side hustle, hoping it can turn into their full-time hustle. Well, you keep your job in the meantime. You don't leave your main job until you actually start seeing some success with your side hustle. Yeah. But like writing, I was getting up every morning before the kids got up to write. Mm. I wasn't going on writing retreats. Right. I was at that time, I second mortgaged my home and opened up a restaurant, a Moe's Southwest Grill. So I'm really, a, yeah, I own a burrito place called Moe's Southwest Grill franchise, first mm-hmm. franchisee in Florida. Okay. I'm literally running that while I'm getting the speaking and stuff going. So I'm doing that. Wow. And then I eventually sold them. And when I, when I sold them, you know, I was able to focus hundred percent on writing and speaking. But at first, I was basically doing both. And I started speaking while I owned the restaurant. So that's sort of my side hustle. So make your money with your job, but Mm -hmm. making sure you're actually working on your side hustle every day, devoting a certain amount of time to building your brand and building your side hustle. And the more it grows, as it starts to be autonomous and you start bringing in revenue, you'll know when it's time to take the leap. But you also got to do the work, right? Mm -hmm. If you love it again, you're going to find the time an hour a day. It doesn't have to be a lot. Like for right. me, it was like an hour a day, get it up, writing in the morning and the chaos with the family and the kids and everything, mm-hmm. but, but still doing it, reaching out to people, emailing people, hey, I'm John Gordon, I'd love to speak at your company. I'd love to speak to you. I still have some of those emails that I sent out. Didn't get a response in most of them, right? Mm. But that's what I was doing. And uh, that's, that's the key to do that. Now I don't, we don't do any outreach. Now mm. people will just reach out and when they want to book me, they book me. Mm-hmm. And so that's how it works. We'll see how it's going to work going forward, but that's how, that's how, it, that's how it did work. But I, again, you know, it's so cool. Like I got a couple of um, people respond already, reached out, like just reached out to me. Hey, I get your message. I've read your books. Will you do a virtual online training? Will you do an on virtual mm. online keynote? I've got like five or seven virtual online keynotes already on the books to speak. Nice. I was, am I making as much as I made when I was speaking? Right. No, you do less for online virtual, but mm. it's going to keep us going until things turn around. 
And so it's going to help me pay everyone. So, but that mm-hmm. wasn't happening immediately. Stayed positive, worked hard, kept on sharing the message. What would happen if I would have got online and on Twitter and social media and started bitching, started being mm-hmm. negative, started complaining? Do you think any of those people would, would, would book me? And they're like, wow, this guy's a fraud. He ain't the real deal. This guy mm-hmm. had a lot of circumstances to find him. No, they want me to help them overcome their circumstances. So, Absolutely. so you stay true to who you are. You work on your craft every day. You spend time building it while you're mm-hmm. doing your other thing. And you'll know when it's time to leave. But you've got to make a commitment to work on your craft. Yeah, I, I love what you said too, is you got to start learning to love the process, right? Yeah. Like, it's funny because my story in the, in the beginning when I left my father's construction company, my wife wanted to be a photographer just because she wanted to get us out of doing what we were doing. And she never knew how to do photography. I didn't know. And this is back for digital cameras. And so I didn't care. I'm like, I'm not passionate about that, but I'm passionate about getting out of my job. So like, let's do it. And we learned, but during that process, I learned that I love marketing. I also learned that I loved Photoshop. I also loved video editing. So I learned all that by doing that other thing. So I I love to tell people like, it might not be your ultimate passion. You got to fall in love with the, you got to be passionate about the process, right? And then if you can wrap that around your, like my wife's photography thing, game over. Cause you're going to be like, I need to find time for this. I'll stay up late. I'll get up early. Like you said, right? You wrote your book, even though you might've been tired, even, you know, because you were just passionate about getting the message out there. Right. Is she still, is she still doing it? The photography? No, we actually left that probably, Oh gosh, my daughter, my youngest daughter's 12. I have, we have kids similar ages too. We've, I've got a 24 year old who's going to have her first uh, baby. We're actually going to be grandparents. Wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so thank you. And so uh, 24, 22-year-old son and a 12-year-old daughter. But when she was born, that's when we got out of the photography business. So it's been about 12 years now. And we then went and took that online and created our digital side of the business where I was teaching Photoshop. And I got into the informational world um, back then. So that's kind of how I got my foot in the door. But another question for you, John, because you've been at it a long time. Has there been like these little, cause for me there, there has, but I'm just curious for you, has it been a straight path, man? Or has there been pivots along the way? Are there like, Oh, wait a minute. So I'm not really feeling this or, Oh, my directions should be going here. Cause that's where I want to go. Is there any of that ever been coming your way? I'm just curious. Oh yeah. There's always ups and downs. There's always pivots. There's always moments of doubt mm-hmm. and fear that you're not going to make it, that it's not going to be successful. So there's mm-hmm. been a lot of those along the way. There's been a lot of ups and downs. I think one of the key ones was really identifying what my core message was. Mm. Like what is my core message? Like, what am I really here to share? And I realized that anytime I talked about positivity and encouragement, that I felt energized by that. And when I would talk about like health and wellness, which I used to talk about, it sort of drained me in a way. So I mm. realized my core message was, was optimism. It was positivity. I didn't know I would write books on positive leadership, the power of positive leadership, or the power of a positive team, mm-hmm. which are used by a lot of companies now and organizations. That's what our training is built on. But like you, right? I was just jumped into knowing mm-hmm. positivity was where I, where I was wanted, wanted to be. And that led me to do all these other things. And I think so often, you, what you were saying was ringing true because I think so often people just think you have to have it all figured out mm-hmm. before you start. And what I've learned is, no, you go with your gut, your intuition. You follow that lead in positivity. And from there, when you're on the right path, doing the right thing, it leads to so many other things. And you might learn from something you're not supposed to do, but it'll lead you to the next thing you're supposed to do. So mm. for me, like when I, when I moved to Atlanta after college, I was waiting tables. I got a bartending job. I started a nonprofit. I got into the bar business at 24, owned a bar with a few guys. Oh, wow. 
my grandmother left me money, 30,000 when she died at 18. And I took that money and I invested it. My brother spent it all in New York city, but I took it and I invested it. <laughs> and I used that money to buy this first bar. And then from there, I went to law school for a year and a half, dropped out, ran for city council of Atlanta, lost, almost won, went to 7,000 houses. And oh, then wow. all these things that when you think about it, I just jumped in. Were they all successful? No, but mm. everything prepared me and taught me for the future. When I ran for city council, I got johngordon.com, J-O-N-Gordon.com for city council. Well, that would help me when I would actually start my writing and speaking business. So you right. can look at all the things you learn along the way and how it prepares you. Then I moved to, I moved to Jacksonville with my wife, Ponte Vedra Beach. We moved there, lose my job in that dot-com crash, decided to open the Moe's Southwest Grill, do that. Then I realized writing and speaking is for me, and I've been doing that ever since. So I really found my, my calling and my purpose around mm. 31, 32 years old. Mm. Didn't become successful at it until I was around... 38, 39 years old. <laughs> right. Think about that. I'm 49 now. Yep. Yep. So, so it, it took a lot of time to get there. And I think that's the thing. People think you should have immediate success. Mm. No, it doesn't work that way. You got to continue to work at it. And one thing's going to teach you and lead you to the next. Yeah, absolutely. And I think what you said there too, it's like, even, even though you arrived when you wrote the book and you got out there finally, you still kind of go to, went down that path, but then you started to shape your message differently because now you started seeing that you were lit up by positivity and that's where people were starting to be drawn. So you kind of pivoted and shifted, even though uh, it's not really different, but it is, you know what I mean? Like the messaging, the core of what you're about and what you want to be known for. It's funny because I was just going through this, John, like literally this past year, I went from Scott Volker being the e-commerce guy, how to, you know, sell on Amazon guy. That's how I got my, my kind of my spotlight. Um, and then from there, I'm like, I don't want to be that guy though in five years or 10 years. I want to be the guy that helps you, you know, get out of your own way and start a business that supports you and your, and your lifestyle so you can spend more time with your family and kind of live your own dream, right? And I'm like, and so I was actually talking to a friend of mine, Pat Flynn. I don't know if you, you're aware of Pat Flynn from Smart Yeah, no, Pat. Um, yeah. so Pat and I, I, I was talking to him and I'm like, dude, man, I'm, I'm like locked up here. I'm like, not sure what to do. He goes, let me ask you something. If you were to walk in or if you were to walk into a coffee shop five years from now and two guys walk in behind you and one guy didn't know you, the other guy did. And he was explaining to the other guy who you were, what would he be saying? And I'm like, I hope he's not saying what I think he's going to be saying. Cause that's what I, that's what my messaging is. Right. And so I'm in that spot right now over the past probably 18 months of where you were at that point where you're like, I got to, I got to shift that a little bit. But then you're like, but Everyone else kind of does that. Like I wrote a book on Take Action Effect, which is about building a business, but it's also about just taking some action and getting started and figuring it out along the way. Um, but you always have that doubt like, yeah, but I can't be just, a, I mean, you can't be just a positive guy. There's Tony Robbins. Come on, John, you can't do it, right? And you're like, I, I can, and you did, and here you are, you know? Yeah, and I know that was my message, my core message. And yeah, you know, Tony's 6'8", but people said my energy's 6'8", so there you go. <laughs> I love it. And so, you know, for me, it was like knowing what my core purpose was. And I love mm. that you're figured out yours. And everyone really needs to ask that question. Like, all right, 10 years from now, what do I really want to build? Yep. What do I want to design? What do I want to create? What does it look like? What am I doing? Mm. Get very clear on that. So you're not wasting time and energy. Like I know that I don't love coaching. So guess what? Mm. I'm not coaching one-on-one, -on -one, but I create a coaching program where I'll coach mm. many people at once. Right. I'm not a one-on-one -on -one coach. I know that. But now I have people who do consulting and coaching who work with me. Mm -hmm. I wasn't going to start a business where I had people working with me 
but that was something that came about and I saw that it could be something that would allow us to have a greater impact. I saw these people were great people who wanted to do more of this work. And I asked, should I do this? Is this part of what I'm doing? Should I make it part of it? Yes, it became very clear I should, but I was hesitant at first, really figuring it out. Mm-hmm. So I always think about what it is that do I really want to build? Is this part of my core purpose? I don't mm-hmm. want to waste my time and energy on stuff. Oh, here's something that you can learn, other people can learn that I, I, I learned from this. I started a positive cookie a year ago. So I did go down the course of, and the path of creating a positive cookie where inside every cookie in the wrapper was a positive, encouraging message. And it okay. was a healthy, organic cookie and so forth. So we did that. Epic failure. Okay, <laughs> epic failure. The people I partnered with, I thought had more experience in the cookie business than they did or what they said they did. Mm-hmm. And it was an epic failure. But out of that, it was so clear to me that I had taken a bite off of something that was the wrong, right? The wrong cookie. Mm-hmm. I should not have been focusing or something I couldn't chew, whatever that expression is. Yeah. I couldn't do it. I should have done it. It was definitely something that I thought was part of my core, but I wasn't. But as a result of that, of failing with that, I realized even more what I am here to do. And I said, I'm not here to be in the cookie business. Right. I'm not here to sell t-shirts and mm-hmm. stuff. We made shirts that say stay positive and so forth. Mm-hmm. I'm not even here to be in that business. That's not my core. I'm here to empower, encourage people, tell people with positive leadership, to build stronger teams, to help people enhance their leadership capabilities. That's why I'm here. And so mm-hmm. I even am more clear on that. And everything I've done since the cookie, we have now gone like skyrocketed again mm-hmm. till everything hit. But even then we're still getting, my team members are still getting calls to do our virtual workshops and so forth. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, the virtual training we just did for the leadership training. So we are so focused on what we are here to do. We know it. And when you know that you can build it every day. Mm-hmm. And that's the most, like, what is it? What doesn't Collins call that? The flywheel effect, right? The flywheel. Yes. So yep. you show up and you build it and it grows and you build it even more and it grows. And that's where we are. You just keep on building and it compounds and it grows and grows and grows. So mm. I don't do many things. I do a very, very core few things and I stick to that. And I'm not going to let any distraction get in the way of what my core purpose is. So I want to encourage mm. whole people get that with their message of getting really clear what they want to build. And they might say, I don't know what I want to build. I don't have a clue yet. It's okay if you don't. But once you get clear on it, then you do. In the meantime, keep waiting, keep asking the questions, keep exploring. The more you're open to it, it will come. Yeah, definitely keep exploring. I love that. All right, we're going to be wrapping up. I want to, I want to respect your time. I know you're Thanks. busy. I know that you're, uh, you've got some Zoom butt going on there. So Yeah, my voice is shot too. <laughs> Zoom voice and Zoom butt. Yeah, uh, I did want to ask you something kind of random on the Carpenter book. I, there was something I was wondering when I was reading this book, all right? And I said to my wife, I go, you know, the book was awesome, but there was just one missing thing that I wasn't sure how this, how this Jay, the carpenter was actually doing this thing. I mean, the book makes sense. Everything makes sense. But there's one spot that didn't make sense. So I'm hoping you can actually answer this and this will be fun for people because we'll see if you can answer it. So he was a carpenter. He had a lot of tools. So how did he get his tools from one job site to the other? I was a contractor. I had a van. I had to go travel around in my van, have the ladders, have all this stuff. Was that just, was that like, was I, did I miss something or am I just being like overcritical on that? You know, that, that's really a good detail that you're, uh, you're, you're picking <laughs> out there, but he, he would walk with his tools, no? No, he ain't walking with a table saw on his back. Come on, oh, if he's well, cutting he, up some wood and stuff. I mean, that's some heavy stuff, Jeff. Oh, well, he would, no, he would, he would leave it at the job site. 
Okay. Whatever so he, he had, was working, he would leave it at the job site. So he would always go back because he didn't have many, many projects he would work on only one at a time. Yeah, so he'd yeah. actually leave it at the job yeah. site and go to his job site. Yeah. I figured I'd just give you a hard time while I had you on. I, like I said to my wife, I go, I'm going to ask him that question. Well, you know what someone said the other day with the energy bus? They're like, you know, uh, he wouldn't have took a bus. He would have just called Uber and got to <laughs> But I'm like, hey, the book was written before Uber. So, you know, listen, we're, we're still going to go with the bus trip. Okay. Yeah. I love it. Uh, one, one other quick thing, or actually I got two quick things. One, one is where, and if you can just kind of tell me real quick, where did the idea for the carpenter come from? Like, where did it be like, all right, I'm going to do the thing on the carpenter. That makes sense with the toolbox on the cover thing. I was thinking about caring being the key difference between average and greatness. That if you care more, you'll do more, give more and become more. That those who care build greatness. Mm. So caring was the key thing. And what happened was I had a carpenter come to my house to build an entertainment center at my house. Oh, wow. It was, the, it was during the Great Recession. And this guy was great. And I asked him how he was doing during the Great Recession. Was his business going down because of it? He said, I'm busier than ever. Wow. And it hit me because he was great at what he did because he cared more. The guy was busy. And I thought, those who really care, those who focus on excellence and are craftsmen will actually be great in any economy. They will do great no matter what because there will always be demands for people like that. So mm. then I was speaking about this at one of my events and I wind up bringing love and serve into the talk. I said, you got to love, you got to serve and you got to care. Everyone started hashtagging love, serve and care, put it on social media. And I knew right mm. then and there that those were the key principles mm. to the book. And then I started writing the book. I'm like, oh, you got to build your masterpiece. You first have to mm. design it. That made its way into the book. And so mm. every principle then unfolded to the next to building with optimism and so forth. So that's where the idea came from and it sort of unfolded as I began to write the book. And people say it's my best book, so I'm thankful you read it. It's really good. And really another side note here, and this is crazy. I, I think you'll, you'll enjoy this. So we, I got all done with the book, just about all the way done. And we moved here, I'm in South Carolina. So we moved from upstate New York to South Carolina about three and a half years ago. Nice. And my, 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 my wife put this in our laundry room. It's kind of in our in our area, like a mudroom. And it's, and you know, she's got like, you know, cabinets, the white cabinets. And there's, there's this wooden heart hanging on my cabinet with this thing. And it's been there since we moved here. And I kind of was getting annoyed with the damn thing. Cause it kept making noise when I'd open it up. I'm like, what the hell is this heart doing here? Right. And so I get all done with the book and I go, I, I'm like, that's crazy. That's a wooden heart. So I literally took a Sharpie and I wrote love, serve, care on it. And now that's a reminder for me. So it's not, it's not going anywhere. So dude, man, I, I just, again, thank you for the book, but just, that was just like a sign to me. Like, I'm like, this was meant for this to happen. It took three years for me to realize that wooden heart was there for a reason. That is so cool. I love that. We're in, we're in uh, South Carolina. Did you move? Uh, we're actually just outside of Charlotte. We're in actually a small town called Fort Mill. Oh yeah. Great area. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. We're about 25 minutes from Charlotte though. So I always tell people I'm like just outside of Charlotte because we're like right over the border. Love that. Yeah. And I love that story. You know, we have, we have wooden hearts that we sell now and all the proceeds, 100% of the proceeds of the wooden hearts that say love, serve, and care on them go to support different nonprofits and charities and so forth. So that's been a lot of fun to, uh, to use that vehicle to make a difference. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's awesome. So, all right, I'm not going to take up any more of your time, John. I know that you've uh, given me a little bit of your time here on your busy schedule. I just want to thank you so much for number one, writing these books and coming on and being vulnerable and sharing, you know, even just now, like some of the uncertainty and, and, and the struggles, but also the positivity. 
because I do believe that positivity will prevail. And I, I appreciate you again for coming on. Where can people learn more about you other than getting the 21 other books that you have written? Uh, how can people get in touch with you or at least follow what you're doing? Yes, Scott, I'm going to tell you, you have to read a few more now. I'm going to get on you about reading a few more. I got to read which, which one should I do next? Which one? Training camp. Training camp is my favorite. Okay. I okay. think you'll really like I will do that. Camp. I will the do coffee that. bean. I think you'll like the coffee bean too. Okay, cool. Coffee bean's a 20-minute read. But basically, uh, they can find me at johngordon.com, J-O-N Gordon.com. Social media channels at J-O-N Gordon 11, which is Twitter, Instagram, at J-O-N Gordon 11. And then uh, just wanna, I just want to leave people with just a thought that, that stars shine the brightest in the darkness and positive people shine the most through adversity. So even though we're going through challenging times, this is really a chance for, for us to shine through all the challenges that we're going to face along the way. And we can't look backwards, right? We got to look forward. We can't look at what we've, we're going to do this year, right? We were going to crush this year. 2020 was going to be amazing. We got to basically create what will be. And I, and I know, I truly know that that things are shifting in a positive direction and we are moving in that direction. You can feel the energy shifting and great things are going to come. So I just want to share that hope with people, but help them. Don't buy the doom and gloom. Invest in faith, love, and hope. Thanks so much for having me, Scott. Yeah, no, thank you so much, John. I appreciate it. We'll have to do an update with you uh, in the future. But again, I just want to say thank you. I appreciate you, man. Hey, keep up the great work you're doing. I, I appreciate it. I love, I love the, your brand and what you're doing and finding your core purpose. I think it's going to be incredible. Take care. Thanks, man. All right, guys, I hope that you enjoyed that interview with John. And I, again, want to say thank you so much to John for doing this. You could hear it in his voice. He's been on a ton of Zooms. And as he said, he had Zumba. <laughs> and I just, again, want to thank him. And I'm really, really enjoying doing these interviews. As we've done the rebrand and named this podcast the Rock Your Brand Podcast, that right there, my friends, is what we call a rock star brand, the one that he has built, but also someone that is willing to share, someone that is willing to help others. And you heard it from him. It's about staying true to who you are, but always, always be focusing on winning the day. I want you to leave with that. How can you win the day today and tomorrow and the next day? Well, the first thing you can do is check out the energy bus. This one here to me is a must read. The other one is The Carpenter. That was the second one that I read of his, and I love it. He's already given me homework to read his next one that I should be reading. And then also uh, this one here. I wanted to mention this one. This is Stay Positive. This is a morning book. You read one page in this every single day, and I absolutely love it. So guys, go check out John. Check out the show notes to this episode at brandcreators.com forward slash 837 all the show notes, the transcripts, all of the goodies will be over there. All of the links to his books will be there as well. And like I said, you got to get out there. You got to make it happen. And as I always say, you got to take action. So guys, that's it. That's going to wrap it up. As always, remember, I'm here for you. I believe in you and I am rooting for you. But you have to, you have to. Come on, say it with me. Say it loud. Say it proud. Let's say it together today. Take action. Have an awesome, amazing day, and I'll see you right back here on the next episode. Now go rock your brand!